But we find ourselves in this holiday season again, and I want to wish all of you the very, very best. The gift has become an annual opportunity for us to give back to God during the Christmas season. Our fellowship family has developed a culture of generosity, believing that through the leadership of the Holy Spirit and in obedience to God, our resources can be used to make a difference locally, regionally, and globally. Last year, the people of Fellowship gave over $560,000 to the gift, which was prayerfully distributed by the elders to many worthy causes around the world. This year, we will again review the many requests made, but will also consider reducing the current debt with Fellowship Bentonville. Throughout the month of December, we are asking that you please prayerfully consider donating to the gift again. It's between you and God. We will make special envelopes available or you can visit the giving page on our website, fellowshipnwa.org forward slash the gift. Thank you for your participation in the past and the difference you've made in the lives of so many through your generosity. Let's never forget how good God has been to us. Fellowship Rogers, why don't you find a seat? Would you stand with us and let's celebrate this morning? So 
Well, good morning, fellowship. Merry Christmas to you. So glad that you joined us this morning. If you are our guest, I wanna say a very special welcome to you, and we would love to meet you. Join us out in the foyer at the central booth. We'd love to say hi. We'd love to hear a little bit about you and your family. We'd love to buy you a cup of coffee, set an appointment just to hear your story. If that intimidates you, then you can just go to fellowshiprogers.org forward slash new or, or take a picture or use your phone to get on this QR code and fill out a form. We'll follow up with you as soon as possible. But we're just glad that you're here. It's gonna be a great morning. Hey, a few Christmas season reminders. Hey, this Friday is Christmas Eve, and we're gonna have five service opportunities for you. Family services at three o'clock, four o'clock, and five o'clock. Traditional services at seven and eight. And we would love it if you would RSVP to us and make a reservation so that we don't overflow the room. I checked it this morning. There's a couple of services that are full, and so make your reservation. In fact, I noticed at the central booth, there's a QR code there you can go and scan. They can help you make your reservation, and so please do that, and please join us on Christmas Eve. It's a great tradition here at Fellowship, and so Fellowship Rogers will be here. Fellowship Bentonville, you are going to have a service at 4.30 in Orchards Park, and I looked at the forecast God has been gracious to you. And so I'm not gonna make a, a firm prediction, but I think our weather is gonna be great. Bring your chair and bring a blanket, and that's gonna be an exciting time for you. Hey, another Christmas resource I wanna remind you of is that Mickey's podcast, The Ride Home, has a, an episode that just released where he reads through all of the Christmas verses, and, and Russell George has put together a beautiful score for that. And so take a half hour sometime this week and just hear the words of the scripture and soak in that devotional thought. It's great. Also, we have the gift right now. It's an opportunity for you to give a special offering to the Lord. The elders will take that and distribute that locally and globally and will make a difference in the world. And if you need a reminder for year-end giving, we can receive gifts all the way through December 31st for the 2021 tax year. Don't forget there are offering boxes outside of the worship center or you can mail a check to the church or do that online Thank you for being generous always. We want to be known in Northwest Arkansas and the world as a generous church. Hey, uh, one reminder for a class that's coming up in 2022. Did you hear that? We're almost at 2022. Um, and so a class that's going to start January 11th, I wanted to bring it to your attention. It's our grief share class. And you know, sometimes this time of year reminds those of us who lost someone last year just how much we miss them. And so the Grief Share class is a wonderful opportunity for you to process that. So if you need more information, come out to the booth. You can sign up there or sign up online. We would love to have you. It starts January 11th and runs through the first week of April. Now I need everybody to take a deep breath. It's the last Sunday before Christmas. And for some of you, Christmas season's been perfect. Like this ornament. This is an ornament from my daughter's Christmas tree. She's a young adult, like buying her, her own ornaments for the first time. Isn't that a beautiful Santa? Now, my daughter decorated her tree. She also has a dog <laughs> named Opal. This is my grand dog, Opal. Opal doesn't get Christmas. She doesn't care about Christmas, so she ate Santa. <laughs> we still haven't found the glasses. 
And I was thinking about these two Santas. And I thought for many of us, Christmas is not perfect. Christmas looks like Santa who's a little strung out, missing an eyebrow. I thought we might use it as a diagnostic to start our service this morning. Which Santa best represents your heart and your life as you come into this place? Maybe you're Santa A. Your kids have come home from college. Your house is perfectly decorated. The plans are going just right. The budget money's there to be a blessing. Maybe you're Santa B. You're stressed out, or you feel lonely, or you're angry that things aren't the way they should be. Well, whichever one you are, we're glad you're here today because both of you need to come to the throne of Jesus, amen? And so we wanna take this morning and wherever you're at in life, Santa A or Santa B, and we wanna worship Jesus. Would you join me in prayer and let's prepare our hearts. And just take a moment and lay wherever you're at before the Lord and ask him to meet you in this place. Well, Lord Jesus, would you take our scriptures and our songs? Would you hear our prayers and receive our offerings this morning? Would you take us to Bethlehem and let us see the King? Lord, I pray that you would bring peace and joy and love and hope to our hearts. It's in the name of Jesus, the King, that we pray. Amen. Hello, fellowship. Uh, we are the Macmahans, part of a little part of the Mali Hoops team from Mali, Africa. Um, we're global workers there, and uh, we get to the honor today of lighting the Advent candle of love. And uh, Melissa's going to tell you a story of love that we've experienced in the last couple years in Mali, Africa. There's a camp, a refugee camp that we work out at every week there with lots of Malian shepherds. Um, as you can see behind me on the screen, this is one of their stables that they keep their cattle in and there's many of these distributed throughout this camp. And we look at this every day, we pass by and we look at it as we're studying the Bible with these people and I just can't help but wonder if this is more of what it was like where Jesus was born the smells, the sounds, even the sensations on your feet as you trudge through the waste and the mud just to get to the place where we're going. It's truly an assault on your senses, a far cry from what I usually put up on our mantle at our house whenever we're here home for Christmas. Um, we started studying the Bible with them a year ago and they had never, they're an unreached people group that had never heard of the name of Jesus um, or had never heard of who he was. And one shepherd said, I've actually heard of him, but I've heard that he's the God of the rich. And then that day is when we started studying the birth of Jesus into the world. And we got to joyfully look at them and say, no, he was born in a place like this. And he was first revealed to people like you, the shepherds. And then fast forward one year after studying the entire gospel of Luke, and this whole clan now claims following Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And the men were just baptized last month. And I think uh, it was such an incredible moment when the same person that said that Jesus is the God of the rich came back after studying the death and resurrection. And he said, I clearly see now 
that Christ suffered. And so we too must suffer until he comes back for us. And so just as we light this candle of love today, just a reminder of what extravagant love that Jesus came down into our filth. And like he does, he redeems the filth. And just what a beautiful picture that is. And a great reminder of that in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We love you guys. It's so good to be home with y'all. Um, we always just appreciate the love so much of um, the, the hugs you guys give in the foyer and getting to meet with you. So we love you guys and thank you. Take the magma hands for being here and celebrate that story together. What a powerful testimony of the power of the word of God and his revelation to us. I didn't have this plan last service, but was just overwhelmed with gratitude. And so I shared it and I have the same feelings right now. During the Advent season, I'm very grateful for the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, that no matter what our ornament looks like, if it's clean cut or if it looks like it's been through a fight, no matter what season of life we're in, God has given us brothers and sisters to walk this road with. And so we come into this place, maybe escaping from the busyness, and we get to fix our eyes on Christ. As Mickey's gonna come and share from Luke 2, that picture in Bethlehem, the incarnation, we have the opportunity to adore Christ the Lord together. So the invitation this morning is to not, to not miss it, but to join in and to sing with us. And so would you stand and let's sing these Christmas carols of the faith together.
together a little town of Bethlehem. Bye. Bye. 
stand and make this your prayer we see. Being near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and take us to
thank you for the truth that love came down. That Jesus Christ lived a life, became a man and died on the cross for our sins, that we might have hope. This morning as we look back on the first advent, we look ahead for your coming again. And as we hear your word taught, would you teach us to trust and obey and to walk by your spirit and faith. We worship you in this place and we pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I have enjoyed the music this morning. The chance to, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That was, yeah. Before they leave. Enjoy the music being just soft and quiet during this busyness of the season. Just to be able to come in here and slow down. Slow down. Sam encouraged us to take a deep breath. You taken many of those lately? Only as you were running. (laughs) Trying to get in and out of the stores. Going from here to there. Well, it's good to do that. We need to do it more often, and especially this week, especially this morning as we prepare to take communion at the end of this service on the week before Christmas. Begin preparing your heart now to do that. I also want to make you aware that because of your generosity out of our disaster relief funds, I was able to talk with the pastor at First Baptist Church, Monad, Arkansas, this week, and... um, They have a lot of needs there. At least four families in their congregation, their houses were totally wiped clean of their foundation. And they're also working with the people in the nursing home that was destroyed there. And we were able to send them some funds uh, to help with that. And so over the next couple of weeks, we've opened our disaster relief portal. If you want to contribute toward that, then we're going to continue to work with them whatever needs that they have. We just want to be a part. We want to make a difference. And so thank you for your generosity in in all things and for making this such a very, very special, special place. Well, over the last month, we have lighted the Advent candles, and it means coming, as you know. First of all, we lit the prophecy candle of hope. And, And I hope you've done this in your families as well as your community groups. It's the reason we started selling Advent, uh, celebrating Advent here at Fellowship is because it helped us keep the focus on Christ during the season of Christmas. When so often our minds are pulled in so many different directions, we focus in. So I hope you've celebrated it in your homes, in your community groups, and here as well. But we lit the prophecy candle of hope on the first week. Then the shepherd's candle of peace. And then the Bethlehem candle of joy. The angel's candle of love. And today, before we celebrate communion, we'll light the Christ candle. You'll notice the Christ candle is white. It symbolizes the purity of Christ, the spotless Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And you also notice that it's taller than all the other candles as it symbolizes the preeminence of Christ. He is over all things. And today we'll focus on his preeminence in the area of love. 
as we talk about the love of God. In the Hebrew, there is a word for love called kesed. Kesed. It's spelled with an H, but it's pronounced with the K. Kesed. The kesed love of God. We're reminded as we study kesed that our ability to love is only a whisper. It's only a whisper of God's love for us. The word kesed is used over 248 times in the Old Testament. Half of those are in the Psalms. Translators have difficulty finding a single word that matches the word kesed. And so they use double words like steadfast love, great love, faithful love, unfailing love, loyal love, loving kindness, loving mercy, merciful goodness, and on and on. You see, it's, it's hard to package the love of God, to put it in a box and tie a bow around it. It's just too great, unfathomable. Hard to describe, whether it be English or Greek. The Greeks had the same trouble. Books, articles, dissertations have been written about the word kesed because of its theological importance. And get this. It is not a feeling, but an action. It's part of the difficulty of translating. It's not a feeling, but an action. It's God in action. For his people, extending his faithful, steadfast, unfailing, loyal, merciful love for us. If you need something to focus on this week, that would be it. The depth of God's love for you. I love how it's used in Psalm 136. Uh, We've got a phrase on the screen, and every time I read a phrase from Psalm 136, I want you to read or to say this. His steadfast love endures forever. If we were reading from the Hebrew, it would be his chesed endures forever. But say it after each phrase that I read. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his steadfast love. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Give thanks to him alone who does mighty miracles. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. Give thanks to him who placed the earth above the waters. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. The sun to rule the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. He remembered us in our weakness. And saved us from our enemies. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. 
The great love of God is also a protector for us in times of desperation. In the Bible, Lamentation is, is, is a book of, of five poetic dirges or laments. It's likely that Jeremiah wrote this book, but it was written during the exile when for 70 years the people of Israel were exiled to Babylon and they longed to go home. But Jeremiah, if he was the author, during this terrible time in, in Lamentations 3, 21 and 22, he says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love, because of the Lord's chesed. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Just think about that. It's God's love that keeps us from being consumed by this world. He is a shield and protector. It's almost like a, a science fiction illustration where there's an invisible shield separating you from your enemies. And, and they can't penetrate it. They can't get to you. You can't see it. You can't feel it, but they can't get through it. And Jeremiah says, in, in, in this time when there seems to be no hope, we're exiled in this foreign land. I have hope because of the Lord's great love. And whatever situation you may be facing in life right now, don't give up. Don't give up hope. Why? Because of the Lord's great love. Another interpretation of this verse is one that you may have heard before. The steadfast love, the chesed of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, says my soul. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will trust in him. Because we have hope in him, because of his steadfast love, we trust in him, even in the darkest of times. The old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, was taken from Lamentations. Ephesians 3 attempts to capture the essence of chesed in the word agape, which is another word for love in the Greek. As I said, it's difficult to find a word, but in Ephesians 3, they get close. Paul said this, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, now get this, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. To know that love, to to internalize it, to rest in it. Because there's no way that we can comprehend how wide and how long and how high and how deep is God's love for us. Is that just a passing thought for you or is that something you just rest in? It should be something that surrounds us. 
I thought a lot about God's love for this week, and I wonder what kind of illustration could I come up with that would give you a picture of, of love. And so I want you to look at this. The cute little cubs and their mother there. Isn't that, isn't that cute? Aren't they the sweetest little things? Well, why don't you just go pick one up? In the first service, there's a little boy on the second row, and he had a dialogue with me here. He said, no, you don't do that. They're so cute. They look so cuddly. But why wouldn't you pick one up? It's probably because that would be the poorest and last decision you would ever make. It's because that mother is the protector. Her love is deeper for those cubs than you could ever imagine. And if you get close to them, she will come unglued on you. And yet even that is a weak illustration. That's a weak illustration of the love of God. It doesn't even come close to his love for us. There is no adequate comparison in this world to the depth of God's love for us. It should drive us to our knees in gratitude. One morning this week as I reflected on God's love for us and, and I was praising him for it, I wonder, I wondered, how is it that people can reject the love of God? How is it that people can hear about the great love of God and say, I don't want it. I don't want it. I won't accept it. I won't follow him. I reject his death, burial, and resurrection. I don't want it. It's not for me. It may be for you. But it's not. For, how can people do that? How can we reject God's love for us? To me, it would be like a newborn baby. Picture a newborn baby saying to the mother, who is the primary caregiver, dads, right? It would be like a newborn baby saying to the mother, get away from me, I don't need you. I'll change my own diaper. I'll get my own food. I'll take care of myself. That's a ludicrous thought, isn't it? A newborn baby can't do that. It's totally dependent on the mother as we should be on God. In every facet of our lives, that's why he wants to walk with us and talk with us and guide us through this world. It's called Kesset. <laughs> Though we didn't earn it, we didn't deserve it. He loves us with a steadfast, unfailing love. There's no adequate comparison in this world to the depth of God's love for us. But we saw it one night in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. Love was born. God's love was expressed in the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2. Let's read the story again. And remember from the moment he was born, his journey began to the cross. His mission was to save our souls. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the 
a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. The Romans ruled the world of the Jewish people in that day, and taxation is how they fi uh, financed their conquests and, and their rule. Augustus was the great nephew of Julius Caesar. You also know him as Octavian. He became emperor because he defeated Mark Antony and Cleopatra at the Battle of Actium. And so then he became the sole emperor, and a ruthless emperor he was. The people considered him a god because they had no other choice. The next verse is given to us as a history marker. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. It was all just like God arranged it, just like the prophets had foretold. The timing, the place, all of it. It was a difficult journey, 80 to 90 miles. And by the way, I've even taught it, and, and, and we get caught up in the tradition, but we don't know that Mary rode a donkey. Nowhere in the scripture does it say she rode a donkey. I think it's probably a great idea. I don't know if they had anything better in that day. But she could have walked 80 to 90 miles. When's the last time you walked 90 miles? You know, some of you do these 100-mile races and things like that, but uh, not me. But it was a long journey. For that time of the year, it was cool during the day and it was cold at night. And so it was very uncomfortable for them. Especially a young lady about to have a baby. It was no accident that they were there at this time. Verse 5 says, He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. But Melissa shared with us just a little while ago. It gives us a whole new image of that birthplace, doesn't it? And we don't know exactly what it was like, but we know it was crude circumstances. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't the embassy suites. But how strangely appropriate. A humble birth for a humble Savior. And yet the king of all the ages. That word manger is also translated as stall, and more commonly so in, in the Old Testament. He was born in a stall. And I think you said a place that assaulted the senses. Yeah. That's where he was born. Love was born. Hallelujah. Hope. The prophets foretold that he would come. And he did. He came. And while he was here, he said that he would come again. And we believe he will. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. He said, if it weren't so, would I have told you? 
that I was going to do that? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and and I'll take you to be with me forever. And we cling to that promise of hope that he will come again. Peace. We're told in the scriptures that by God that I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on me. You want peace in this world? Just think about the Lord. Just focus on the Lord. Just focus on his chesed for you. That brings peace. He tells us not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, make our requests made known to God and he will give us the peace that transcends all understanding. It's just a part of who he is. He gives us peace. Joy. He knows all about joy. Even in ways that we don't understand. Because the scriptures tell us it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. He saw expressing his love and his sacrifice for you and me as a joy. And in love. The MacMahon's already read it for us. This is love. It's not that we love God, but that God loved us and gave himself as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so from the candle of love, we light the candle of Christ. What was anticipated at the beginning of this month as we've lighted one candle at a time, it's now all fulfilled. Hope, peace, joy, love, and Christ. Our ushers are going to prepare to serve communion to us. If you'll take those elements and hold them, they're double cupped and so the bread is under the juice. But if you'll take them and hold them and just contemplate during the song the great love of God for you in Christ. Let's pray together. Oh Lord Jesus, we come to you in these moments linking arms with people from across the ages obeying your command to take the bread and the cup Remember your sacrifice. Oh Lord, we do that on this week before Christmas. We pray that our perspective will be renewed because of you and what you've done for us. Oh Lord, focus our minds and our hearts on you.
On the night that he was betrayed, he gathered those around him who had traveled with him over those three years. And a reminder that was to be extended all the way down through the ages to you and me. And he told them to take the bread and the cup. He took the bread and said, this is my body, which is for you. Take and eat and remember. There's something interesting about the cup. As he told them to take the cup, it, it always reminds me of Advent. Because he said, when you do this, you show forth my death until I come. The promise once again that he will come. But he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. Take, drink, and remember, and look for him. Would you stand? I want us to sing our benediction, Joy to the World. But I want you to sing it slowly and softly and just reflect on those words in the spirit of the day. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. God fill your hearts this Christmas. God bless you, everyone.